game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. The blue line stayed in by Hedman. The one-timer off the glove of Campbell. And the puck over to the right wing. To the point, Hedman shoots. Blocked by Fogo, and it comes out. And the Oilers are going to win it. 3-2 over the Tampa. Well, the tense final seconds tonight as the Oilers hold on for a 3-2 win over the Tampa Bay Lightning. That sequence, our save of the game. Campbell involved. Fogel with a block, courtesy of Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. It is the Oilers' first road win against the Lightning since December 9th, 2009. They had gone 0-8-1 in that stretch. Jack Campbell, his best appearance as an Oiler. He makes 35 saves. He was especially leaned on early and late in this one. The Oilers' penalty kill, which was a disaster last night, only going 1-for-5, went 5-for-5 tonight. Fogel scored a shorthanded goal, his first of the season, and the big guys came through on the power play. McDavid and Dreisaitl both scored power play goals in the first four and a half minutes of the second period to make the difference in this one. Evander Kane, again, the uh, latest from the Oilers, and this is their uh, tweet that they put out just as the second period was ending was that uh, Evander Kane after suffering that cut to the wrist in the second period was in stable condition and had been transported to hospital for a procedure well at the time they said later this evening so that could uh, already be underway so uh, obviously could have been far worse for Evander um likely though uh, to miss a considerable time I, I was in, in communication with some people today who know more about the human body than i do rob and said especially if there's tendon injury in, involved we could be looking at you know upward of three months but uh you know when you, you see that blood on the ice i mean you and i are old enough to remember uh, clint malarchuk obviously in the 80s richard zednick got cut by a skate uh, probably about 15 20 years ago as well it is it is absolutely frightening so the, the fact that it's obviously, you know, probably a pretty serious injury, but you, you, you fear the absolute worst when you see that much blood. You do, um, although the blood isn't the, the part that would keep him out a long time. It's That's an artery. It's the tendon that would keep him out a long time. Uh, and you hope that it's not, but when you're going for a procedure, you, you, you think that this could be significant time missed. And then you hope that uh, if there's a procedure that it's a successful one and whatever is injured is can become fully healed uh it's scary I mean, skates are sharp anybody that's ever tied up their kids skates they know how delicate you are when that kid lifts his skate up to to have you tie it because it's it can very easily cut and hockey players nhl players are, their skates are as, as sharp as anyone's so uh scary situation scary time for evander and i i can just imagine the the thought and the fear going through his mind from where he was on the ice till he got into the bench and was able to reach help would have just been horrific for for him so uh, hopefully it's a successful surgery tonight and we get more of an update tomorrow and hopefully the update will be in a positive nature
Yeah, so the Oilers win it uh, 3-2 tonight over the Tampa Bay Lightning to end their three-game losing streak. The Oilers bumped their record up to 8-6 and six on the season. The Lightning now 7-5-1. and one. They came out, really carried the play early, but uh, they... <laughs> They got it going after the the Fogle shorthanded goal, and then we're good in the second period, Rob. And I mean to tie this back to the Kane injury, um, man, oh man, like it was. I'm sitting here watching the game, and it, it was distracting. I, I can't imagine what it was like to get back playing uh, after you see a, a player for both teams with that much blood on the ice. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's ugly and it's scary. And you're right; it's not just the team that it happened to. It's both teams that would be affected. It would be the players involved in it. One player knocked him over. Another player is the one that skated over top of him, Patty Maroon. So, so I, that those players would certainly be affected. But I know from experience, when you're playing, your mind goes just into play mode, and all those intrusive thoughts uh, get, go away. And it, it's harder for people sit and watch and uh, it's harder I mean it'd be incredibly hard for friends and family of Evander who are watching this game and just not knowing um, but the players went out and played and, and the Oilers found a different level tonight in this hockey game that was not the same other team we saw against Dallas it was not the same other team that we saw against the Capitals the last 50 minutes was the type of game that the Oilers have to play and, and you saw how hard they worked the desperation they have and just with all of that they barely hung on to a game that they they barely hung on to a win. It, it, it's hard to win in the National Hockey League, and they had to put everything they had into it to get two points, and they need to duplicate that again in Carolina in a couple of days. Okay, let's go back to Tampa. Here's Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. I'm being able to pull this one on a tough building, second game of back-to-back. -back. Yeah, I think first and foremost, everyone on our team within our organization, um, probably most people in Edmonton are thinking about Evander Kane. And uh, when some, an accident like that happens on the ice, uh, that's where our first thought is. Uh, you know, it's never fun to see one of your teammates um, in that kind of position. But shout out to the great medical staff we have within our organization and the people here at the arena that were quick to respond and make sure that he was okay. And, you know, the news that I've received so far, and it's very limited, is that, you know, he's uh, he's in a good spot and he's getting well taken care of. So um, with all that going on, there was a lot of drama in the game. The, there's two disallowed goals. Um, you know, it came down to the last shot block at the end of the game. And, you know, I was happy for our guys. We dug in. It wasn't easy. We got in at 3.30 in the morning last night and uh, to summons up. Uh, what was required to beat a team of that caliber. Proud of them. Jay, you came in uh, pregame, and uh, I'm not sure that you looked like you felt like this game was was maybe going to happen regarding the response, penalty kill, just the goaltending, that everything was, your team was ready to have this kind of game. Yeah, um, you know, uh, we had won five games in a row there, and towards the end of that, that little streak, um, we thought our game had the sniffles a little bit, and uh, there were things that was showing up that uh, we didn't love about it. Um, it ended up biting us in the New Jersey game, um, and it's taken a little while to get it back on the rails, and uh, that's a credit to our players digging in and finding a way, um, and not versus a uh, bottom-dwelling team. This is a team that's been in the Stanley Cup Finals the last three years. So, um, you know, I, 
I felt uh, for our team to win the first first win in a long time I think for the Oilers here in, in Tampa and it's a credit to our players. Okay, when did you kind of understand or realize the gravity of the situation that had happened with the band? As he was skating off. Yeah. yeah. Television cameras kind of showed you with your hands up. And yeah. Was it kind of scary for you I imagine? Well what I saw was uh, it kind of was in my peripheral vision I saw the blood on the ice I saw him skate off and put pressure and that's when I wanted a whistle uh, to, to get the uh, medical proper medical people where they needed to be and uh, as I said it's a credit to those guys because um, you know they're quick thinkers and quick actors and you know I think Evander's in a good spot right now because of it. How do you kind of rally the group after that? Because there are a lot of concerned faces on that. Yeah, I think what you do is uh, um, you share the information as you get it. So uh, when the trainer came back to the bench and when we got word back to the bench, we, we let our players know immediately just so there was no concern. And then in between periods, we talked about it. Um, Evander is a real popular teammate. Uh, and. He's an important piece of our team, and um, you know we wanted to make sure that his teammates knew where he was at. It seems like he might have something with Warren Fogle on the penalty kill. Yeah, he, he was good. Yeah, he was good. He was, uh, you know, he scored the goal, which was nice, but he did a lot of other really good things, and um, he has all the attributes of a good penalty killer. He's long. He's a good skater, and um, you know I think he's buoyed by the opportunity, and so I'm happy for him. Is that maybe the best game you've seen him play as a, in your shortish yeah. time? Uh, I've seen him play some good games. Sure. I mean, we sure. played some good hockey down the stretch last year and in the playoffs, and I, I have a good opinion of Warren, and um, you know his start didn't go the way you wanted statistically, but he was doing a lot of really good things um, with puck protection and whatnot. I was really happy for Warren that he was on the ice when the game mattered and he made a play to block a shot with one second left against a Norris Trophy winning defenseman and I was really happy for him because of how he responded to the mistake that was made in the night previous in the first period. I thought that was Warren Fogel showed me something tonight and um, I was happy for him. Was that a reward for a for night well done for him? Like well, I, him on the ice You know what I think when you know we have a plan and then I watch the game as it happens and I talk to my coaches and um, felt good about him being on the ice and uh, yeah so is it a reward I just think we're just trying to put the right people on the ice at the right time. Jack Campbell how important was it for him to have a really good game it was really solid for you guys the first 10 minutes of the hockey yeah. game, and then just hung in there. Really yeah. solid. I, I, I thought Jack Campbell that was the best game I've seen him play in an Oilers uniform um, it, like you said his play early and I, I thought there were a lot of outside shots but there was a couple of, of uh, prime scoring chances in that first seven seven minutes or so and he you know he looked calm he looked confident he uh, made big saves at the right times he um, I mean I'm, I'm happy for him because that was a huge win for him personally and most importantly is a huge win for our team Thanks, guys. Okay, that's Jay Woodcroft saying he has limited information on Evander Kane, but uh, sounds like he's uh, okay, as well as he can be for having his wrist sliced by a skate and being well taken care of. And the Oilers get a 3-2 win over the Tampa Bay Lightning. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown with you for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Rob, the quick change tonight for Jiffy Lube, keeping you moving to and from the game. Visit your local Jiffy Lube today. I think pretty obvious the PK 
five for five tonight with a shorthanded goal after being one for five last night? Well, it was a completely different effort on the penalty kill tonight. It was an aggressive, uh, desperate, urgent effort that they had. Uh, they, Tampa Bay Lightning, and Tampa Bay has got a very good power play, and the skill level they have, uh, they were completely flustered. They, they couldn't make a pass. They couldn't corral a pass. They couldn't get the puck in the offensive zone. And that uh, part on them, but I think most of it was just the aggressiveness of the Oilers. And it was something that Tampa wasn't expecting. They probably saw that the Oilers penalty kill the night before and they said, okay, here's what we can get away with. Here's what we can do. And then it was a completely, they turned the, the light switch on and all of a sudden the Oilers PK was uh, all world tonight and needed to be. They scored the shorthanded goal in a game that, Tampa started well, and the shots, I think, were 8-0 or 10-0, and the Oilers' first shot was a shorthanded goal. And that just all of a sudden settled down the Oilers' bench. So the penalty killing was excellent. And to me, of all the things that happened in tonight's game with the play of the superstars, the play of the goaltending, it was their penalty killing, to me, that's what won this hockey game against Tampa Bay. All right, so 3-2, the Oilers get the victory tonight. McDavid is 14th of the season, so he keeps up his uh, goal-a-game pace. He scored on a power play early in the second period. Dreisaitl also got a power play goal this evening as, uh, you know, the Oilers were able to go two for four on the man advantage. So they won the special teams battle. Uh, Campbell was uh, outstanding in net, and the Oilers snapped their uh, their three-game losing streak. Uh, just checking, yeah, they added an assist to Hyman on that dry settle goal Rob so he gets a, another point tonight and Hyman almost had a goal he briefly did got waved off for kicking it in yeah I, I right away I, you and I text a lot during games or talk during games and I said okay that one's going to be no goal and you agreed uh, I don't care for the rule I, I think that it was more of a he's corralling it towards the net it's to me that's not distinct kicking motion um, but it was the exact same thing we saw in the playoffs last year with Coleman and the Calgary Flames. I didn't think that was a distinct kicking motion either. So if that one didn't count, then obviously tonight Hyman's wasn't either. It's too bad because, uh, again, Hyman uh, could have been rewarded for some stellar play tonight because again, every game you get that same effort from him. He's in the hard, hard areas. He's in the places he needs to be, and unfortunately that one, the uh, video review went away. And this is a game, all kinds of fun stuff with the videos tonight with goals that might go in, might not go in. It's been an interesting road trip with all the different camera, camera angles that have been needed for the Edmonton Oilers to make sure that the goals don't get across the goal line Is it's back-to-back -back games where goals have been disallowed by the opposition. Yeah, pretty interesting sequence there eight minutes left in the third period the the puck goes down low maroon is kind of slightly off to campbell's right and chips at the puck rob and i think it went off campbell's pad and flipped way up in the air and it came down and bounced on the goal line and it was probably three quarters over on edge and ryan murray stayed with it and was able to swipe it away the ref pointed that was it was in maroon celebrated and then they went to the video review, but the Oilers challenged for offside. But then as they're looking at it, they say, okay, well, first of all, we have to decide whether or not it's actually a goal. And they came back and said that it wasn't. Uh, but you said that would it, wouldn't have counted anyway. I didn't catch it, but you said the you caught it at full speed. The lightning were off. Yeah, it, it Maroon was offside to start the whole playoff. It was one of those ones he was ahead of the play, and he's a big truck when he gets moving, and he just didn't make any effort to slow down. It was close, but it was offside right from the get-go. 
Uh, and then the, the, the referee pointing in, and I think that actually probably messed up the Tampa Bay Lightning because when he did, all the, they all started celebrating. The puck was still around the, the net, and uh, the goaltender was down. The, there was there was uh, the puck was near the, the blue paint. They could have continued to bat away at it, but they started celebrating. Uh, it was a, that's one of those weird angle ones. I don't know if you can get the true look at it unless there's a, a camera right in the bar. Uh, I thought it was no goal, no goal. And then after play had started, they showed one more replay, and that replay actually was the one that looked like it might possibly have crossed the line. But I think at the end of the day, the referees got it right, but it wouldn't have mattered. It was offside, and Patty Maroon was offside and knocked his, would have been his own goal out by not being on the right side of the blue line to start the whole playoff. So the Oilers win 3-2. Marshall wins a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. Excitement bet on it. He took the under. Power play goals allowed by the Oilers. I set the line at one and a half. It was zero. Marshall gets the win from River Cree Resort and Casino, and the Oilers get the uh, 3-2 win tonight, Rob. Um, I, I would still say, I mean, this was not a perfect win by the Oilers. They, nope. they gutted it out. Um, probably still a couple penalties you don't want to take. Ryan in the offensive zone, obviously a too many men is, is always frustrating. Yeah, no, it wasn't perfect. I, again, we always critique the Oilers. Um, the, if we start looking at the opposition, I mean, it was not a good game by the Tampa Bay Lightning either. A lot of horrible plays uh, that they made. Their power play was terrible. They gave gave up the shorthanded goal. Their penalty killing was terrible. Uh, sometimes I think because there's so much passion for your team, you, you overlook that all teams make mistakes. All teams have stretches of games that aren't very good. I've yet to see a team that's been good all 60 minutes. And in this game tonight, and we've talked about it many times, that when you have your push, you have to be rewarded for it. You have to execute and score. Because if you don't, it comes back and bites you. In the Tampa Bay Lightning, the first seven, eight minutes of this game, they had their chances. Campbell stood tall, made the saves he had to, and then it came back, and all of a sudden, a game that Tampa was out shooting Edmonton 10-1, they were behind 1-0. So there's never going to be the perfect game. You just want to be a little bit better than the opposition, especially in important areas. And tonight, the Oilers were. They were the better team in this hockey club, in this hockey game. All right, let's go back to Tampa. He had a goal tonight, an assist as well. Captain Connor McDavid. Connor, just a thought on, on the gritty performance here, a second of a back-to-back against the Stanley Cup finals, two-time champions, just pulling this out. Yeah, we were definitely, um, you know, not in a good spot. Um, got in real late last night, and obviously a tough one last night. And um, I thought the boys battled hard and just found a way to win. I mean, it was that's all it was, and um, it's nice to... Uh, to you know, show we can play a little defense. You know, there's a couple couple games in a row there where we got away on us. So um, I thought Sue played great, and I thought the kill was great. It was uh, a huge momentum uh, builder for us. Um, and just had a How big was this for, for for Jack Campbell to be able to have bounce back? And you guys play well in front of him, I guess. Yeah, I thought it was huge. He made some huge saves, and um, you know, a good confidence builder for him. And. Um, something he can build off of. Connor, how would you describe the, the Vander Kane situation and well, obviously what, what happened there? Yeah, scary. Certainly scary. Um, you know, I think you could feel the energy in the, in the entire rink kind of just get sucked out. And, um, obviously, there's uh, you know, great concern when, when you see something like that and not much blood on the ice. So, um, you know, we're thinking about him and uh, we're hearing he's doing okay, but, you know, that's uh, obviously initial. So, um, 
you know, obviously it was a scary situation, and I thought uh, everybody responded uh, really well. You're in the course of a game. How did, when did you kind of maybe understand or realize the gravity of the situation that it was that it was pretty serious? Well, I think you know we saw him kind of go into the boards, and we we actually were saying he, we thought he might have been hurt, like he was going to stay down, and then you know I, I was changing for somebody, and all of a sudden he was rushing as, as fast as I've seen. His his eyes were as wide as as, as a person's can be. So obviously we got the sense of uh, of how uh, alarming it was and how scared he was, and we were all scared for him. Um, you know, it's obviously a situation that uh, you don't want to see. When something like that happens, like everyone gets a pit in the bottom of their stomach when they see the replay, I guess, how do you guys kind of refocus and, and get back to the task at hand after something? Uh, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I don't handle that stuff very well, so I, don't, I haven't even seen the replay and, and probably won't watch. So yeah. um, it's a fast game. Um, you know, we were talking in the room how crazy it is. You know, pucks are flying around 100 miles an hour, and guys are flying around on little knives and it's a, it's a crazy game out there and um, you know something like that can happen and it certainly uh, um, you know provides the, the human side of the game you know it's uh, there's guys are putting their bodies on the line every night and um, you know it's obviously unfortunate we're, we're thinking about you know Pat Maroon pretty well he called for attention right away and that probably speaks to the kind of guy that, that well I think I think anyone that's in that situation whoever sees it first you know needs to raise the alarm um, you know it's like I said it's a fast game we didn't even know he was in that situation and um, you know obviously uh, Patty being the guy is you know, you know raising the alarm and uh, like I said I thought everyone responded well and yeah. you guys as a team have had a lot of trouble scoring first this year a guy like Wolken Moore and Fogel to get his first goal of the year what does that say about him and ultimately he had a pretty good game and doing other things yeah, I thought he played really well. You know, I thought he was he was great on the kill, and I thought that whole line in general was good. Um, you know, Clowder skated really well, and uh, Yamo did his usual, uh, you know, re his resilient self. So um, I thought that line provided lots of momentum, and all all three were great on the kill and provided a big spark for us. You're getting more time on the kill. How's the how are you feeling with comfort below being on the on the uh, Yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind it. Um, you know, like I said, I just want to help the team win, and obviously the kill is something that uh, hasn't gone very well. So I think we're just trying new things and seeing what works. And um, you know, Kaner and I have been pretty good on the kill, and tonight with some other guys. So um, hope to keep going. That is Connor McDavid. Oilers beat the Lightning 3-2. Warren Fogle had a good game. You'll hear from him, and you can chime in 780-496-0063. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. On a redirect from Yamamoto. Oh, big hit by Fogel. He absolutely thrilled along the boards. Kempke, and now everybody gets in there. Yeah, Fogel with a uh, huge hit there. That is our crunch of the game. Now, we don't condone boarding, but he did get a penalty on the play. The crunch of the game for Cougar Payne Collision, our family helping your family for 40 years and counting. Fogel also scored shorthanded, and the Oilers upend the Tampa Bay Lightning 3-2 for their first win in Tampa Bay since December 9th, 2009. Nine games since, they'd gone 0-8-1, but they get the victory tonight. Rob Brown, did you ever have any of those buildings? It was just like, seriously, were you ever, ever going to win here? <laughs> well, yeah, Philadelphia. When I, got, when I first went to Pittsburgh, they didn't care if you won a Stanley Cup. They just wanted you to win a game in Philly. And it was years and years and years 
before Pittsburgh finally won a game there. So, yeah, I, I know exactly what it feels like when there's a rink that you can't win in. And when it's a, not a provincial but a state rival, uh, the people here, your fans, let it be known how un upset they are that you can't win in there. And uh, it was a lot of pressure every time we went to Philadelphia until we finally won that game. I just found it here. 42 games from February 7th, 1974 until February 2nd, 1989. The mm -hmm. Penguins went 0-39-3 at the Spectrum. And in those days, yeah. those were obviously ties, not overtime or shootout losses. I, I wasn't involved in all of those, Reed, but I was involved in a few of the losses. Yeah, that's I, I didn't realize. I thought it was in the 20s or something like that. But yeah, 42 games over 15 years. Anyway, this was only nine for the Oilers not winning on the road against Tampa. 3-2 is the final tonight. 780-496-0063. We have Alex standing by. Hi, Alex. Go ahead. Hi, guys. How are you? Good. Well, obviously, my heart goes out to Evander Kane. I mean, I watched that on TV and... Uh, you know, like, yeah, I mean, when I saw him skate off real fast, that's exactly what I thought was the, you know, obviously it was bad and there was fear. And, uh, you know, I just kept on thinking about Clint Millarchuk, what happened to him. I mean, obviously it was two totally different things, but uh, I certainly hope he's not going to be uh, uh, more traumatized than what happened uh, there. Um, you know, I could only think back about when Evander Kane uh, first came on as an Edmonton Oiler last year and uh, how he performed and how he uh, performed in the playoffs and um, how he's doing so well. He He's definitely a, a fan favorite, uh, you know, for what he's done. And anything in the past is definitely way in the rearview mirror. So I hope, uh, I hope and pray that the surgery is going to be successful. And in saying that, I know it's obviously he's going to be down for a while and... Um, you know, and we're going to hear things in the next few days uh, because obviously, you know, in the press and there's going to be questions that are going to be hitting management and because Puviarvi and Yamamoto are not doing anything for scoring and obviously Kane is a real big loss. Mm -hmm. I don't see a solution in this organization. I know you're going to hear stuff from the coach saying, well, we have to do it collectively. We have to do this and this and we're all have to step up for that and see cliches you're going to hear from them. But I am. I have a question for you guys, uh, Rob, um, as well. Uh, if you are Ken Holland, what can you do? What are you willing to do? And with the salary cap, and now that he's going to go on long term, uh, obviously the questions are going to become hard and heavy in the next little while. Just want to leave you with that. If you have any comments, okay. I also want to mention that Campbell had a heck of a game. I'm glad for him. Thanks, Alex. Yeah, uh, they're not going to do anything right now. They're, I mean... Yamamoto and uh, Pugliarvi will get extended minutes. Holloway may move up, whether it's into the third line or possibly into the top six. They're going to try to do it with from within, and they'll call someone up from the minors. Uh, I don't see them making any moves to replace Evander Kane, and they just hope that uh, Evander gets back eventually at some point, and they go from there. But, yeah, I don't see them making any moves because of this. Yeah, well, we'll see. I, I mean, I guess, and look, Rob, we're totally speculating. Like, yep. they, they can put him on long-term injured reserve, which would give a mm -hmm. little bit of a cap relief. But then if he's going to come back, you then you're in trouble. Cap. So you can't just go yeah. trade for a $5 million player, no. um, you know, and then you're you're off and running. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. I, I mean, I guess if he was out for the season, then they could 
possibly Th that's different I, yes I, but yeah, i I, would I, think I don't think this, that's the case i i mean i think for, i would think for this road trip well devon shore has to play maybe they get yanmark or somebody like that out yeah i, I agree i wouldn't be surprised if holloway gets perhaps um a look in the top six for the time being i mean yamamoto played 1552 to, tonight after hardly being used yesterday he had five hits actually led the orders yeah he was much Pouli better tonight we, that Pouli was much more engaged Pugliarvi played 17 minutes and had five shots on goal now I know they didn't get points but you know when the team wins it doesn't it doesn't stand yeah, out you don't notice it as, quite much, as much so they were both uh, better tonight much better tonight in this game yeah I, I I get what Alex is saying of course the coach is going to say that and ultimately it's the general manager's decision I I, I don't think Ken Holland is going to rush and, and make a trade I, they'll nope. probably finish this road trip and then maybe reevaluate uh, well, if, if they it, need it all to depends. do something. But you know, the, putting a player and this is this is what somebody who works in the NHL and knows a lot about the salary cap said to me once. He goes, "Reed, putting a player on long-term injured reserve is not a get out of free get out of jail free card." You know, oh, you just put a bunch of guys on LTIR and then activate them, and then you got the super team for the playoffs. It's not it's not quite that easy. To, no, and but, and if 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 Evander Kane and I imagine he will be back at some point in the season. If he comes back, they can't trade for a player that makes that kind of money. They they just can't. So they'll they'll use Holloway more. They use Puliarvi more. They use Yamamoto more, and they will try to get more out of those players. So I I mean we won't know until we find out the extent of Evander's injury. But if he's coming back this season, I fully expect he will. Then they're not going, they, they can't. They don't have the money to go out and get a player because when Evander comes back, then they're going to be over the salary cap. All right, Oilers win 3-2 in Tampa. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That would allow you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite Japanese steakhouse. Reserve your party today at jvedmonton.ca. We also have Sava at 780-496-0063. Go ahead, Sava. Hey, uh, uh, how's it going, gentlemen? Um uh, I haven't been able to call too much because I always work for the games and all that stuff. But I, you get, Reed, you always give the fourth star. I just a suggestion. Um, Stuart Skinner's mustache should always be a four star whenever he's playing. <laughs> That's, Fair enough. I just love that sash. Anyways, but uh, um, sorry, I, I was working. What happened to Kane? I just heard you guys talking. Okay, so so very briefly, he got tied up with Philip Myers, who threw him to the ice. And uh, so Kane kind of landed. His left arm was flat on the ice, palm up. Okay, palm up. Maroon skated by, and his left blade dragged over Kane's wrist, which was exposed. His glove wasn't all the way up, so his wrist got sliced by a skate. There were there were pools of blood on the ice, and he raced to the dressing. Ooh, poop. yeah. Uh, uh, all the best to him, I guess. Hopefully, you know, recovery. But, uh, yeah, I love you guys uh, listening to you guys on podcast in the morning on the way to work. Uh, thank you for everything. Uh, you guys have a good day. I hear it's cold over there. Okay. Yeah, we appreciate it. 780-496-0063. Busy night in the NHL, Rob. Let's quickly look around here for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. The Calgary Flames are having a tough go. They lose 3-2 to the Devils, who are 10-3. The Flames are 5-5-2. Coyotes win 4-1 over the Sabres. It's the Canadians winning in a shootout, 3-2 against the Red Wings. Rob St. Louis has lost eight in a row. Flyers beat them 5-1. Well, it was the Cooperalls that the Flyers wore. Obviously, it was good luck for them in warm-up. The St. Louis Blues, I don't know what's going to happen there. Uh, it's, 
It's like someone just turned the lights off and they forgot how to play hockey. Uh, they are not good. And just a side note on, you'd mentioned the Flyers wearing their Cooperalls, the long pants in warm-up. They just showed one of the players actually had a water bottle in the leg of his Cooperalls <laughs> and pulled it out and took a drink while they were doing the line rushes. That was kind of funny. I'd never seen that before. But, yeah, as going back to St. Louis, I don't know. Maybe they brought Craig McTavish in for a reason in case things went sideways this season. But... That is a team that many had as a top four uh, team in the National Hockey League, and they are bad right now. Really, really bad. Golden Knights beat the Maple Leafs 4-3 in overtime. Islanders get by the Rangers 4-3. Jets take it to the Stars 5-1. How about this? Seattle, four goals on seven shots in the first period. They lead the Predators 4-0 after one. Eberle scored twice, now has three on the year. Wild and Kings scoreless after one, and the Canucks outscore the Senators 6-4. The Edmonton Oil Kings lose on the road 7-2 against the Moose Jaw Warriors. That is your Advantage Trailer Rental scoreboard. All right, you're going to hear from Warren Fogle when we get back. This is Hartlett Ford, Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Get it into the Oilers zone, though. Fogel out there in the PK. He has not seen a lot of time penalty killing. And here's McLeod stealing, gives it to Fogel. He'll walk in, he'll shoot, scores! That was the first shot of the game, Fogel's first goal of the season. It was shorthanded, and the Oilers tough out a 3-2 win over the Tampa Bay Lightning. Warren Fogel's our fourth star for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. Here he is. Uh, Clatter made a great play uh, on the PK there to me, and I thought I had a chance to, you know, try to attack, and um, coaches keep telling me to shoot, and <laughs> I shot, and this time it went in. So uh, it was it, it was a massive uh, relief, and, you know, yeah, it was a big goal for us. It looked like there's a lot of pent-up frustration that just got released <laughs> when, when the puck went in. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I haven't had the back of the net this year, and I've hit a couple posts, a couple crossbars, and... Yeah, hadn't gone in, so, uh, you know, just sticking with it, trying to stay positive as, as much as I can, and, um, you know, it was, I was happy that I got that, but I'm pretty happy that, uh, you know, we got that win. That was a big win for our team. A lot of physicality for you or from you out of this out of this game. Is that something that maybe, I, I know, last game maybe didn't go as well as you had hoped? Was that something you, you kind of made a concerted effort to do tonight? Yeah, you know, I think just being on the PK, um, you know, getting that opportunity just helps me, you know, get into the game. You know, I'm not really sitting as much you know when if you're not on a special unit and I think it just kind of helps my game uh, you know to you know move my feet and finish checks and, and play hard and um, you know I thought our line played hard I thought everyone played really hard you know it was a really gutsy win and you know Soupy was uh, he was stellar. Just a thought on when you see something like what happened to Evander I guess just how did you see it and how do you guys kind of react and try and cover for something like that? Yeah you know that's it's an unfortunate incident it's a freaky incident you never want to see it teammate let alone anyone you know being that and you know just wishing him a speedy recovery because he's a big part of our team and you know we're gonna miss him and you know you know hope, hope he gets uh, healed quick. Jay said it was important that to share information as it was coming in from the hospital I guess how important is that as a player knowing that okay your teammate it sounds like he's stable he's in the hospital he's getting taken care of. Yeah you know our trainers uh, you know they did a great job and you know so did Tampa's medical team and 
um, you know, that's what you hope for, right? When something scary like that happens, that they're going to be quick and, and try to resolve the, the situation as best they can. And, you know, that's what they did. And, you know, it's nice that Tampa players asking us too, like, is, is he okay as well? So at the end of the day, you know, everyone, uh, we're all humans and we all want to be okay. And you getting on the ice at the last minute and blocking a shot, what does that do for not only your confidence, but to, to play an important role like that at the end of the game? Yeah, you know, it's something I, you know, we, we chatted about this at training camp, something I wanted to, to do and, you know, take pride in. And, um, you know, I was fortunate enough to get that opportunity and uh, get that block. I don't know if they gave me the block. I saw the sheet, but <laughs> I know I got the block. <laughs> Buzzer may have got, I don't know. <laughs> you know in your heart, though, right? Yeah. Uh, well, Ward Fogel was credited with one blocked shot. So, anyway, it was a nice play at the end of the game as the Oilers held on to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning 3-2. 8-6 now on the season are the Oilers. 780-496-0063. We have Will standing by. Hi, Will. Go ahead. Hey, how's it going, Reed? Good. Good. Uh, I was just going to say, like, the past, like, couple, few games, like, the timing seemed to be off. The passes were ahead in the skates, and there didn't seem to be as much fight. It was nice that the Oilers showed up tonight. There seemed a lot more fight, and the passes were kind of clicking. So it's a good sign. Yeah, you're right. It, 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 all teams go through this. Uh, Tampa Bay call-in shows right now are going to be talking about yeah they didn't have a lot of fight as the game went on and none of them could make passes that was a sloppy game for the Tampa Bay Lightning all teams go through it and uh, it's a long season that's why after 82 games you usually have the 16 pest because they've had their ups and downs but their ups are higher and their downs don't last as long so uh, the Oilers stem the stem the tide right now and now they got to go into two more tough buildings on this road trip to continue continue off and hopefully build off of this big win and I, I agree with what Bob said after the game I imagine Campbell will get the start next game after the way he played today yeah that was his best game of the year he was solid got some help I mean sure Tampa missed a couple of opportunities right but that's uh, that's that's hockey he stopped the ones he needed to stop uh, Gene Principe tweeted an update from Ken Holland GM of the Oilers Evander Kane has a deep cut on his wrist he was stabilized and has gone to the hospital Kane will have surgery on his wrist he will be okay now we still don't know um how long he's going to be out there is but the potential obviously that he could miss several weeks or uh, even a large chunk of the season but uh you know at least uh, the the worst has been avoided here for Evander Kane after that scary slice to the wrist we also have Brad on the line after the Oilers 3-2 win go ahead Brad Hey, fellas. How are you doing tonight? Good. Awesome. Well, I was just uh, I was just thinking before the break, you guys were talking about how you can't replace Kane. If he's on LTIR, you can't replace him with another $5, 6000000 million player. Well, well you can, uh, but, you'd, you'd, but you'd have to be under the cap when Kane came back, right? I agree yes. with that. However, you, right now you've got two roughly $3 million players who are underperforming on the score sheet. So... If you were Ken Holland, wouldn't it be wise to hedge your bets, find a two, $3 million scoring winger, and let them go at it until Evander Kane is back and then make your decision about who stays and who goes then? Well, sure, but what, where are you getting that player and what are you giving up to get him, right? Well, isn't this a year to go for it? You, you give up some draft picks, maybe a prospect. Yeah, we got to well, find right a team now, that yeah, wants Frodo to give that up, and, though. And, well, okay. and uh, Pugliarvi aren't doing much, right? Okay, just just hang on a second. First of all, 
and I understand what you're saying. I'm not being argumentative for the sake of being yeah. argumentative. But if most scoring wingers are making more than two or three million dollars, well, I'm not. And then, and then, second of can all, you find a guy who who scores more than one goal in the first fifteen games. I think you can for three mil. Okay, but then you're trading draft picks for a player still- who might be a gamble. Yeah. You, you trade a, a second round or a third rounder and you get in a guy who's going to give competition to Yamamoto and Pugliarvi for time in the top six. I don't, I don't think outside to it. I don't think a third rounder is going to get you anything good. Well, with package with a prospect, it could. Yeah, but Maybe you're giving up. I, 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 pers- like personally, I, I think that would be a lot to give up personally for for a guy you might be taking a chance on. I, I understand I think you're, what you're saying. What you're going to do is you're going to you're going to find out that. first if Yamamoto or Pugliarvi or Holloway if they're capable of stepping up. That's what you're going to look at first. You're going to look within. Uh, they're not going to go looking elsewhere right now. They're not going to give away draft picks. They're not going to give away futures or, or prospects until they find out what they've got. Yamamoto had 20 goals last year. Uh, Holloway, they believe, is going to be a very good player here for a number of years. They're going to look at those guys first, take a long look, and then they'll evaluate when they find out how long Evander Kane is out before they make any moves. But uh, an injury to Evander Kane today doesn't mean you're going to make a move tomorrow. They've got players they feel are capable of being better than they are. Fogel, a couple days ago, they were talking about Fogel shouldn't be in the lineup. He was outstanding in today's game. Yamamoto was better, so they're not going to make a move for a while. They're going to see what the players they have are capable of doing, and they believe they're capable of giving more than they've given. What this does mean in the short term is if they do put Kane on LTAR, Yanmark can come up, mm-hmm. and you might actually be able to carry 23 guys instead of 21, right? That's Or, or me, at that's, least 22 would be nice. Or, or at least 22. Well, yeah. should be able to get to 23. But uh, So to me, that's the initial move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I understand what Brad was saying. I just don't know if there's a two million dollar player that is going to come in and compete for a top six role. You know what I mean? Like that's well, a two million dollar player in the National Hockey like League that makes is less a bottom six and, player. That's a bottom six player. Yeah, or it's like an okay. It's like your ninth best forward, maybe right? Like yeah. Uh, so for like Fogel makes two point seven. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. You're you're, you're trading for a bottom five, right? Yeah, you're you're getting a bottom bottom five player on a team if you're yeah, if like, that's how much he makes. I, I understand what Brad is saying. Bring somebody in and create competition for Pulleyarvi and Yamamoto, but I don't know if you'd find a better, like a sure thing, better player than Pulleyarvi or Yamamoto. That would be my counter to that. I understand what is what he's saying. I don't know if they're going to go that way. All right, Rob, great work, mm-hmm. buddy. Quite a game. It was Hopefully pretty Vanderkeen's uh, going to be okay. Keep it on 630 Ched for uh, all your updates. You can go to 630Ched.com, globalnews.ca to get more on this game and more on the Oilers. Our next game broadcast is coming up Thursday. Oilers at Carolina, 3.30 for the face-off show, and the puck will drop at 5. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. Oilers hockey is presented by Friesen Brothers. The Oilers finally win in Tampa Bay. They've been 0-8-1 in their last nine. They take down the Bolts 3-2 tonight. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.